Welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, the podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. Uh, as always, I'm Associate Pastor Jonathan Johnston, and I am joined by Dr. Paul Gibson, Senior Pastor. Merry Christmas, everyone. And this week, this is the, uh, I guess this is the last of our Advent series. Correct. Uh, as we build towards Christmas. Uh, and if you've been following along, our Advent series this year is a little different. We are in the book of Revelation. Correct. Uh, talking about the revealing of all the different words that we normally associate with Advent. Uh, and today's word, Paul, is what? All you need is love. <laughs> love. Love is all you need. Yeah. So today, uh, we, we've already talked about uh, hope and we've already talked about peace and joy. And now we are talking about love. Um, so anything you want to say before we jump into the text today? Yeah, I think it's important to recap the series. Okay. So when we went into this series, we wanted to talk about the second advent of Christ or the second coming of Christ right. and how the second coming of Christ gives us hope just as the first coming of Christ gave the Jews hope. So we're looking at how the second coming mirrors the first coming. And in order to do that, we're looking at the book of Revelations. We've been looking at that. We looked at hope. We looked at peace. We looked at joy. We kind of, we've kind of worked our way backwards. We looked at Revelation 22. Right. We looked at Revelation 21. Last week, we looked at Revelation 12. And today, as we talk about love, we're in Revelation 2. Yeah, so all the way back at the beginning of the book of Revelation almost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and specifically, we're looking at a letter to uh, a church or a church region, depending on your interpretation. Yeah. Uh, and and so one church. Yeah, or, one or church. One letter, yeah. at least. Yeah. And we're going to be looking at the church of Ephesus. But before we do, I want to uh, explain something, kind of like I did a few weeks ago with the word peace. Okay. You know, our English language can have a word that means many, many different things. Right. Um, you know, we can say the word peace and the Hebrew has a few different meanings. Same for the word love. Most of the New Testament was written in Greek. Greek right. And there are four major types of love or words that are used to describe love in the Greek language. Eros, phileo, astorge, and agape. And we just use the word love in English. <laughs> right, right. But real quick, I want to run through these four different loves. Eros is a passionate love. Phileo is a friendly love. Storge is a parental love, and agape is godly, affectionate love. And when they hear you read Ephesians, or not Ephesians, Revelation 2, verse 1, talking to the church at Ephesus, we're talking about agape-type love, godly-type love. Right. Yeah, which is important. It's, it, it, it does make it so much different than just having one word like we do in English because people say that they love a certain type of food yeah. or they love their spouse or they love their children. Yeah. Or they, it, it does get confusing. It does. And the bottom line is for what we're going to be talking about today is if you don't have love, you miss the point of Christmas. Right. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So Revelation chapter 2. Uh, and I'm assuming we're reading this whole letter, so we're going one through uh, seven. That is correct. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven gold lampstands says, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, and that you cannot tolerate evil. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you have found them to be liars. You also... Uh, possess endurance and have tolerated many things because of my name and have not grown weary. But I have this against you. 
you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet you do have this. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Anyone who has an ear should listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. I will give the victor the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. All right. So, very clearly in the middle there, the issue with the church. A lot of good things very. that he has to say about their church. But the one thing he has against them is they have abandoned their first love. Yeah, and if this is your first time listening to this letter, if you're anything um, like I was when I first read this letter, it's like at the beginning, it's like the church of Ephesus could do no wrong. Right. Uh, and he talks about their hard work, their perseverance. They didn't tolerate wicked people. Um, you know, they made sure that the apostles were truly apostles and anybody that wasn't uh, a true apostle, you know, they held them accountable. So what could this church do wrong? I mean, this church had like an all-star list uh, of kingdom activities, but then man, in, in um, verse four, I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a punch to the gut. Yeah. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Here's a church that was doing all kinds of things right. They were persevering. They were enduring hardships. They didn't like the Nicolaitans, but they had lost their love. Mm -hmm. And it was almost as if Jesus was saying, hey, you're doing some amazing things, but you have one major problem. And that major problem is you're not doing it from a place of love. And dude, I think that's what we do at Christmas time. Mm -hmm. I think we do all kinds of things, whether it be purchasing gifts or trying to serve or wanting to spend time with family. I think... We've turned Christmas into such a commercialized holiday mm -hmm. that many of us, in, including myself, we do it out of obligation. And Christmas has become more of a burden yep. than it's become more of a celebration. It's become more of I have to versus uh, I get to. <laughs> right. And I think we've really polluted what Christmas is supposed to be about. So... You know, if, if I'm with family and, and I'm grumpy and I'm not with family out of a loving place, if I'm getting presents and I'm doing it out of obligation and I'm not doing that out of a loving place, even if I'm serving mm -hmm. and I'm not doing that from a loving place, I'm missing the point of Christmas. Yeah. And, you know, I want to read a famous passage that many of you listening today probably know. And it's from 1 Corinthians 13. And this is this is a very good passage. Uh, description of why we must do everything out of love, including celebrate Christmas. First Corinthians 13, one. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Mm -hmm. I think this chapter here, 1 Corinthians 13, could have been used to describe what was going on with the church of Ephesus. Um, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong and clanging cymbal. That means that you and I and our church and any other church or any other Christ follower can, can do all kinds of great stuff, can say all kinds of great things. But if it's not coming from a place of love, scripture tells us that it's an awful noise. Mm -hmm. If I can prophesy and, and look into the future, 
and, and have faith to do amazing things. But if love is not the foundation of that, I can do great things for the kingdom of God. But if love is not the foundation of that, in the words of scripture, I am nothing. I can serve and give my body to the, uh, to the, or give goods to the poor and my body to hardship. But if I don't do it out of love, I, I gain nothing. And again, Jonathan, I think that's such a powerful message for us at Christmas time because we do so many things. Yeah. But we don't do them from a place of love. Yeah. To, to me, it makes the letter to Ephesus one of the scariest letters in, in the letters to the churches. Yes. From a church perspective, it, like you said, the fact that it starts out with, man, this church can't do anything wrong. Yep. Except, oh, they're, they're not doing this for the right reason. They're not doing it from a position of love. And I think it's really easy, as you pointed out, whether it be Christmas time or, or any time, it's really easy to fall into habits of, of doing routine and doing things, even good things. Yes. But if, if your heart's not behind it, if you're not loving people in the midst of that, then are you really doing what you set out to do? Yeah. And, and that's what makes it so dangerous. Well, and I think, especially coming off two very hard years, yeah. 2020 and 2021, I think we're all tired. And because we're tired, if we are not careful, we will become bitter mm-hmm. or we will grow bitter or we will be bitter this holiday season because Christmas is just one more thing we got to do. And I encourage you that if you're listening today and you're doing Christmas out of obligation, check your heart. And I don't say that to guilt you or to shame you. I say that to encourage you to find a way to make Christmas about love again. You know, if it's scaling back on decorations so that you allow your body uh, a, a time to rest or you allow your family time to be together, scale back on decorations. If you're pushing the limit of your bank account and you're concerned what 2022 will look like scale back on spending. Maybe the best gift you can give this holiday season is your time and your presence with some, uh, to others, not presence as in getting people things <laughs> with but a C, your, yeah, not a T S. Yeah. But your yeah. presence. So maybe if you're listening today in order to reclaim what Christmas is all about, which is the love of Christ, maybe you need to scale back mm. in order to rest and give your soul a break and give your body a break and really make Christmas about spending time with others. Mm-hmm. As you're saying that, like I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it and I'm thinking this is, it, it's what I'm actually going through right now because the last several years, going back to when we lived in Florida, I found myself seeking the perfect Christmas yep. every year. Like, yep. oh, this is going to be the one because we're going to go to Disney and do this or this. Like always seeking that. And, and without fail, it was never perfect. Yeah. There were always, it, it was always not enough. And, you know, you're saying that and I'm thinking National Lampoon's Christmas yeah, Vacation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and so- and Jonathan just referenced his shirt, which I have you a shirt see. that says Obviously, Christmas Vacation yeah. and has Goofy on it. But yeah. to that point, this year, uh, we were actually sitting at home the other day and looked around. We, we haven't put up any of our decorations mm-hmm. just because the timing that we normally would have done that, we had other things going on. Yeah. And we haven't done those, and, and we had to go out and do some Christmas shopping last night. But in the midst of that, it's like, you know, we haven't done as much of the normal mm-hmm. stuff that we would do. Yeah. But it's okay. Yep. It's it's okay, because to have done that stuff this time would have been pushing the limit of, of our time and, and effort and anything else. Yeah. And so, but it's a hard lesson to learn, mm-hmm. because in, in the back of my brain, I'm constantly hearing, well, but, but you got to put the tree up. Mm-hmm. You've got to do, and, and I'm like, 
Do we? Yeah. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah, you're not a, you're not a good American Christian if you don't put a Christmas tree up. Exactly. Yeah. So what you're saying is just right where I am right now. I'm like, yes, I, that that, and I think a lot of people experience that. I think I think the reason that January and February can be so uh, down for a lot of people emotionally is coming off of that rush of trying to achieve this perfection around Christmas and not being able to. Yeah. And then now you're stuck in, in the doldrums of winter. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, what, where, where did that go? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. And, and again, it all goes back to motivation. Yeah. What's motivating your action? Is it love? Is it agape type love? It, and I'm not saying this to be trite. I mean this when I say that our love at Christmas time, we should strive to mirror the love of Christ. Because mm. again, the, the Greek word here in Revelation is agape, which is godly type love, mm. godly affection. So I should be striving to do everything I can over this holiday season to do my best in my human flesh to exhibit godly type, godly uh, type love to others. And if I'm too busy to do that, then everything I'm doing is empty. If I'm getting other people presents, but I'm not doing it out of love where those presents aren't really meaningful. Uh, and, and even if I'm spending time with others, but I'm not doing it out of a place of love, then according to 1 Corinthians, that time is going to be empty. So I think we have to really find a way to serve out a place of love, to live out of a place of love, to, ironically, love out of a place of love this Christmas season. So maybe maybe if, if, if I'm someone who's listening to the podcast, yeah. And I hear this and I think, man, that, that is scary that you can possibly be doing ministry or doing service for God, mm -hmm. but you can be doing it without love. Yeah. How, how do I check that? Like, like you said, check, check your heart a second ago, but how, how do I, how do I practically do that? How do I examine to see, am, am I doing this out of love or am I doing this out of obligation? Well, you actually just said a word that the early church fathers would use, and it's called examine, E-X-A-M-E-N. And what they would practice, another way to say it is meditation, but it's not like New Age meditation. It's, it's, it's meditation based on Scripture. It's where you slow down and you take the time to examine what's going on inside of your heart. And again, heart, the, the Greek word for heart means the deepest part of who you are. In other words, what's going on deep inside of you that's motivating you to do the things that you're doing? Is it fear? You know, as you and I were talking just a second ago, are we afraid that we're going to let somebody down? Are we afraid that we're not going to have the best Christmas? Is it apathy? And what I mean by that is we're just doing it because it's what we're always supposed to be doing around the holiday season. Um, are we doing it because we don't know how to say no? I mean, that's a, that's a big deal for people that struggle to uh, overextend themselves in an effort to please others. Sometimes the most loving thing you can do for someone is tell them no. Um, so I think it starts by examining your heart. I mean, you know, Jesus said, above all else, guard your heart. Um, no, actually, Jesus said, uh, for your uh, treasure is there, your heart will be also. Proverbs says, above all else, right. guard your heart, for yeah. it is the wellspring of life. So what's going on in the, in the deepest part of you that's motivating you uh, to do what you're doing? And if it's not love, if it's not out of a place of godly love service, then it's okay to say no. It's okay to start scaling back. One of the most loving things I think um, a person can do is say no and model for others what it means 
to live in a healthy way, not just around Christmas time, but anytime throughout the year. And in the process of living in a healthy way, you're modeling uh, to others how to live out of a place of genuine love and instead of living out of place uh, of guilt or burden or overextending yourself. Okay. Let's, let's take it a different direction here. Okay. So, uh, you earlier said last couple of years have been tough for, yep. for a lot of people. Uh-huh. Uh, and especially in our current context, we've got a lot of people dealing with, with the, the tornado damage and just people know people who are yeah. going through struggles. So maybe someone's listening and they say, I hear what you're saying. I need to, I need to focus and make sure that what I'm doing, I'm doing out of love, mm-hmm. but I'm not finding any love there to operate from. Yeah. What, what do I do in that case? Where do I even begin to, to build up that supply of love yeah. to be able to yeah. love others? Yeah, that's a great question. And in other words, it's, you know, if, if we are a metaphorical bucket and we've poured ourselves out to where we're completely empty, well, how do we fill our bucket back up? Well, I'll say two things. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Uh, he who abides in me will bear much fruit. I think if we're going to abide, I'm sorry, I think if we're going to produce fruit, we have to abide in Jesus. And if we're going to abide in Jesus, that means we have to unplug from the world and we have to make sure we're connecting with him. And each of us, they're called spiritual pathways. Each of us have different spiritual pathways where we connect with the Lord. I think we've got to figure out whatever it is that we're able to do with the Lord that fills up our cup. You know, honestly, Jonathan, as much as I joke about heaven being a coffee, uh, uh, you know, a, a coffee shop in a bookstore, dude, I feel most connected with the Lord in the mornings with my coffee, when I'm reading my devotion, when I'm reading my commentary, when I'm reading scripture, that fills up my cup. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my pathways is the intellectual pathway. You know, and, and again, you can Google spiritual pathways and, and you can look at it. I'd say Christian spiritual pathways. <laughs> yeah. But but ask yourself, when it comes to Jesus, what fills up your cup? And do those things. Um, and then another verse I would say is, many people have heard me say this before, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. I think that gives us permission to love ourselves. Mm-hmm but not in some Hollywood type love. We love ourselves the way God loves us. So if you're driving down the road or if you're listening uh, today, uh, you know, on the radio, hear me say this, it's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay to say no and back away from things going on in order to give your heart time to heal, in order to give your soul time to heal, in order to give your body time to heal. I think that's so important for people to hear coming off of 2020 and 2021 because it, th- these years have been so emotionally taxing. Right. And if we just keep going, 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 going and pretending like everything's okay, we have wounds that we're never going to address. And if we never address those wounds, they're never going to heal. And if they never heal, we're going to struggle to be able to serve, serve others out of a place of love. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about kind of both places people can operate from. They're, they're either needing a source of love or uh, making wanting to make sure they're operating out of a position of love. Why, why is this, we've talked about it all day, this word love. Mm -hmm. Why, why is this, especially agape love? Why is this love so important? Okay. First John four, seven, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. 
That's pretty searing to the point. <laughs> Let us love one another. Why? For love comes from God. When we are loving others, we are being a direct conduit of God's love through us to the other person. So how we love others is one of the most significant ways we can testify to who God is and what God does and what he has done for us on the cross. And it's not just our testimony. It's also, well, it's our testimony of the Lord, but it also is our way of showing that we are his. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. If people see us genuinely loving others, they're going to know, I strongly believe because scripture says it, that, that the love of God is in us. And then verse eight, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Why do we love? We love because he first loved us. And in 1 John 4, 9 says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That's Christmas. God sending Jesus into the world that we might live through him. In other words, the whole Christmas story is all about love. Mm -hmm. So we love because he first loved us. We love because it's our testimony of his love to the world. We love because it's a marker that he is in us. And ultimately, in regards to this season, we love because that is at the heart of the Christmas story. God loved us enough to send his son. And loves us enough to be coming back again, which is what we're talking about with the Advent season this year, looking forward to the second coming, to to love being fully restored. Isn't that wild in a beautiful way how... He, he pointed that out to the church of Ephesus. Hey, you lost your first love. I think there's a direct connection to what you just said. Be better lovers of people because I'm returning soon. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's definitely an urgency with it. We love because he first loved us. Uh, so uh, anything you want to add in conclusion? Because we are nearing our, our end of our podcast time today. Jonathan, I go back to what we were talking about earlier. If you need to unplug if you need to get away from the rat race of the holiday, slow down, do some examining of your heart, figure out what's going on inside, find a good Christian therapist, find a good mentor, and and allow yourself space to heal or to recover so that you're able to serve and to love genuinely out of a place of agape type love. Yeah. And I think that's very well said, and, and it's going to be hard. You've got to fight that uh, compulsion you have within you telling you you must do more, and every commercial is going to tell you you must do more. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Uh, life is not a Hallmark movie, and so it's not always going to be perfect in your little town with your Christmas fair. So just enjoy the ones that God has given you to, to love and enjoy walking with him. Uh, This has been the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. We would love to see you at any of our services, 9.30 a.m. on Sundays for Bible study, uh, 10.30 for worship, 6 p.m. on Wednesdays, though we are taking a break until January 12th uh, for Bible study. And we have a Christmas Eve service. So if you're hearing this uh, Sunday, you can join us Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. And uh, hope to see you there if you're able. If not, feel free to, to drop us a line anytime at Harrisburg Baptist to let us know a way we can pray for you or serve you. Any other words before we leave? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody, and uh, see you in 2022. That's crazy. <laughs>